We are It's More Than Just a Chant. We are inspirational creators, difference makers, world changers, and we are one community. Join alums Jared and Ross as they uncover stories of Penn Staters and their unique professional and personal journeys. We are Penn State, and this is Lion Legacy. Episode number 25, our silver anniversary, my friends. Silver anniversary. Another milestone here at Lion Legacy. Did you get me anything? Uh, Swift kick in the... No. (laughs) Just kidding. No, I didn't. I'll uh, put it on my tab. I'll put it on your tab. All right. I'll you a drink. All right. I'll take up that drink when we meet next. You know, we've really enjoyed shining a spotlight on many Penn Staters, and it's it's hard to believe we're, we're at number 25 right now. But we've also heard some people said, hey, like, we want to know a little bit more about you and Ross. And we thought maybe that this would be a good episode to share a little bit about our journey at Penn State, beyond Penn State. If you're not interested in hearing about that, then probably episode number 26 is for you. You know, I don't know that our accomplishments necessarily stack up against some of those that we've spoken to, but we have we've had a good time with this. And I guess sometimes it's good to to get under the hood and and learn about your hosts, so to speak. There you go. Why don't you tell people how we met? I know we touched on that, I think, briefly in an intro. Yeah. But we got to go all the way back to fall of 2000, our freshman year. 2000. So the story goes like this. So Jared and I, we actually met pretty early on in in our Penn State career. We both coincidentally lived in the same dorm building, East Halls, McKean Hall. I lived on the first floor, and I I met my now wife very early on in our freshman year, as I mentioned way back when we were doing the Penn State love stories, my wife, Jessica, who, side note, Jared's still urging her to come on the show, but she's I think she's sidestepping us. So that's still going to happen. I keep bugging her about it. So we're going to get my wife on here as a special guest at some point. But I digress. Anyway, so I met my wife. I met Jessica. We obviously had just met each other. And somewhere along the way, early on in the first couple of months of freshman year, Jessica also met Jared. And so here I took a liking to my wife. I liked her. We, were, we started dating some months later. And I actually thought that she liked Jared. So I was a bit, I will be honest, in, in revisionist history, I, I was a little bit jealous of Jared. I thought Jared was my competition here as I was trying to get the girl. But very shortly thereafter, we all started hanging out in, in McKean Hall. Jared was on the- I was on the third floor. Third floor, thank you. Jess was on fifth? Uh, fourth. Yeah. And uh, anyway, so Jared and I started hanging out. And I'm like, oh, this guy's pretty cool. He comes from New York. He's from from Queens. He's got this swagger, but he's also a very genuine, nice person. Uh, good head on his shoulders. I don't know what happened since then. <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding. Jared, that's the wild thing is that our friendship goes back, you know, what, 21 years this next month? It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, if, it feels like yesterday, but in a lot of ways, it doesn't feel like yesterday, too. Like yeah. when I look back, I'm like, wait, it wasn't that long ago. And then you're like, oh, yeah, it was that long ago. Yeah. So what's great about it is that that Jared and I have known each other and we've been such great friends for so long, but also he's known my wife for that same time period. We both see both my wife and I see Jared as a very good friend of both of ours. It's not like, you know, people get married and then you eventually meet friends and one person knows the friend for a short period and one knows them their whole life. Not like that. Like we both know Jared for the same period of time. 
Yeah, yeah, and I love it. We got memories of you. I've got memories of Jess, and I've got memories of you guys together too. Yeah. So yep. it's really cool, obviously, to see that all come together and you guys grow independently, but also together too. Yeah. And as far as friendship circles go at Penn State too, a lot of some other close friends of mine and, and my wife's are also friends of people that we met through Jared. We don't have to go through the list here. People don't necessarily need to hear names, but like Jared, you know who I'm talking about. There's other friends of ours that we've met through you and that kind of, we built up our larger circle over the course of our four years. Exactly. Um, and yeah. vice versa, right? I mean, I think that's the beauty of Penn State. I think we're college in general is like those networks keep expanding along yep. the way and you keep bringing people into those circles and you then come away with some pretty damn good friends at the end of the day. That's right. That's right. And you look back and obviously we spent quite a bit of time together, us and the group of friends when we were in college. But after that, you spend much less time together, but it's still, you've built that meaningful relationship. And even for example, I'm jumping ahead a bit, but you spent a lot of time a few years in Spain. And so we went years without seeing you and maybe we'd have a phone call every now and again to catch up. And then you came back to the States and then we picked up where we left off. Exactly. Why did you choose Penn State? I'm curious. You're originally from outside of Philadelphia. Was yep. it just the, the natural choice? Yeah. I, you know, I don't even, I was thinking about that. I don't even remember what drew me to Penn State from the beginning. I actually took my first trip up to University Park. I want to say it was after my sophomore year of high school. And I think it was just on a whim. My parents were like, hey, it's a little early to start looking at schools, but do you want to take a ride up? And so, I was, yeah, let's take a ride up. And this was, again, I was, what, 15 years old, whatever, how, I don't, I, however old you are in 10th grade. And I, I remember seeing um, Penn State for the first time. And it was one of those spring, maybe early summer days where it was just gorgeous weather. And we ended up taking a tour. And I have to go here. That was it. It was, I, I was halfway through high school and I already was like, this is where I'm going to college. I looked at other schools because I wanted to be fair in my in my decision and went on, I took a couple other trips, some schools close by in the Philadelphia area, some a little further away. And, and I will admit also, I actually did, fun fact, I took a, a visit to University of Michigan. Ooh. I did. I took a visit to Ann Arbor. It was raining. Their format of their, I don't want to speak ill of the university, but their format of their campus, I didn't love it. I think the weather truly impacts your decision when you're making college visits, but the weather didn't help. And I just didn't, I was like, nah, not for me. And we got stuck in the Detroit airport on the way back. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. But my mind was pretty much made up after that visit, after 10th grade. You made a smart choice then, my friend. Yeah. And good move not going to Michigan. Yeah. Between the, just the university, the, 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 the campus, the options. I didn't know what I wanted to study, but there was a lot of options. I knew that. I wanted a big campus setting. I wanted all the athletics. I wanted the activities that, you know, everything. I wanted all of that. And that's what the university offers. But I think my story, again, I'm Pennsylvania. I'm in state, Jared. How about you? You grew up in Queens, New York. You were a city boy. And yet you went to rural central PA. So what's your story? Yeah, I mean, it, it squarely rests on my brother-in-law, Ray Kaplan. That's right. Shout out to Ray, also Penn State alum. At the time, he was dating my sister. And he said, hey, you got to come check out Penn State. And quite honestly, I don't think I really knew where I wanted to go. But Penn State was not like, oh, I'm so excited to go. I'm looking at this college. But I was like, yeah, sure, we'll go. We'll go to a football weekend. And they were playing 
playing Michigan, I remember, in 99. LeVar Arrington was on the team. They lost that game. That was probably a preview to the next four years uh, <laughs> at Penn State. But I ended up going, and we went up on a Friday. It was a short visit. We went up on a Friday night. We stayed over. Saturday, woke up real early, a walking tour of the campus real quickly, and went to the football game. And I fell in love. I've always been a big football fan in general. I didn't really have a college team growing up. But what I felt there was a sense of community. And that community was actually missing in my life from a high school perspective in Queens. There was no football team at my high school, no homecoming. It was a six-story building, and it felt like it was going to work every day. I would go and come back, do my work, and wake up the next day and go. I've, I certainly had good friends. But the interesting thing about a high school in New York City, it's like a college. So you end up applying to these high schools and then people come from all over New York City to the high school. So it's not like you're going to school in a community, in the same community that you live in always. Right. So I got that sense of feeling of pride and community and I knew it was a good school as well. And I pretty much made up my mind. I applied to a few other schools, but... Never went to visit them. I made up my mind that day that there's a feeling here and I want to be part of that feeling and be part of that community. And I don't think then I even knew how special that community is, but I certainly got a good taste for it that day and was like, this is for me. So I I will be forever grateful to my brother-in-law because that was obviously a big moment that changed my life personally and and professionally. And I got to thank him for that. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. I don't know if I ever knew all those details. So thank you for sharing for me. I mean, probably, I probably have heard that story, but it's been a long time. Yeah, it was, uh, it was great. It definitely took me out of my element. I never stayed in such a, a small city or a small, or I'll call it a small town before, yeah, yeah. but I, I just love the sense of community and pride that Penn State has. And yeah. you see that wherever at football games, but you also see that in the streets, just walking every day. I know that's something that we've asked some of our guests, those that maybe are from somewhere a little further away from State College. And that's something that you can't necessarily describe to somebody that's in high school. You visited, I visited, and you're like, this is where I want to be. And guess what? There's a lot of people that I'm sure that visit Penn State every year that it's not for them. And that's fine too. But it's that intangible feeling you can't explain where when you see something, you go, yep, this is for me. And there's the, whether, whatever it is, whether it's the community or it's the, the campus or it's the programs or it's the whatever you're looking for that it has, it, you, boom, it clicks and it's for you. Exactly. It was for me, it was just a feeling, quite honestly. I, yep. Yep. It was with the decision was made with my heart more than more than my head. Yep. So I've got to ask you, though, at Penn State, and we ask our guests all this all the time, and I actually don't even know my own answer but maybe I got to figure it out. Favorite Penn State memory? You know the answer to that question, right? <laughs> That's true. Yes, meeting my wife. Yes. I guess yes. for me, it's a little bit harder. I, it definitely was not the football games because we were there. Yeah. You know, what well, we were there, one we, bowl game in four years. We that bowl game. Three out of four losing seasons. We'll let that be. We still had a lot of fun. For me, and it's 
somewhat of a general answer. It's meeting people like you. It's meeting your friend group. It's hanging out with them. It's sure. it's not the big memories or the big events. It's just those more small micro moments that add up. And when you think about why do people love Penn State? Yeah, people will say football and the academics, but I think at the end of it and the heart of it really is the people that you meet and the connections that you meet there. Yeah. Um, and the friendships that you make and the, those kind of those small moments, whether it be hanging out on a Friday night or Monday night or, or Saturday night. And just it was, it was kind of cool that you really didn't have much to worry about other than going to class. Right. Yeah. Was, <laughs> Life was a, life's a bit simpler when you're in college. And it's wish someone told you that during yeah. that time. Right. Hey, relax. Everything turns out just fine. Now you're also answering one of our other lion's den questions. What advice would you give your 18 year old self? There you go. That, that for sure would be some advice yeah. relax. Don't put so much pressure on yourself. Just enjoy the moment. Enjoy the time even yeah. more so than I did. Yeah, completely agree. That's the thing when you look back on, on your time there, you think about your friends and hanging out, going to a party or hanging out on a spring afternoon at the cafe 210 or the football games, or if you took a road trip somewhere, um, also for me, a big part of it was, and we spoke with several guests, I was a member of the line ambassador. Some, some of the people I met there and some of the, the events that, that we put on were some great memories. It's a culmination of all of that, right? The montage in your mind of, of memories that, that make up some of your favorite parts of school. And yeah, we got an education along the way, but set us up for, for successful careers. And that we can't undersell that. But in the grand scheme of life, it's the, the social aspect and the relationship and the network that, that comes to mind first. Yeah, and I also think there's so many people that will say, oh, Penn State's too big. And we've heard this, this somewhat of this advice as well mm -hmm. from some of our guests. And it's, yeah, you can make it pretty big or you can make it pretty small. Yep. It's up to you if you want to be a number or if you want to be a face and a name. Yep. And that's one of the things I graduated with a Kines degree. And I just love like that smaller community through kinesiology, not only with my classmates, but also I had some great relationships with professors. I yep. had great advisor. I got to know the the people, the staff of Kinesi. And that to me was like, it became even a smaller community within this very large community of, of Penn State. Yeah. And I think for any students who are listening, like, how do you not become a number? And that squarely rests on your shoulders. That's right. It's something that making the small effort, you can do it. Yeah, it's exactly. just finding whether it's through, like you said, through your classes, through your through your college, through the extracurricular activities that you take part in. You just have to get involved. You do any of those, get involved. You'll make that community much smaller right away with people that are like minded or studying, working towards the same things, goals. It's it can be done. You just have to put forth the effort. Exactly. Exactly. So why don't you share a little bit? I certainly know, but yeah. What you did after Penn State? Yeah, so I was so I, I graduated with a finance degree from Smeal, and I was very fortunate in that I took advantage of the job placement, the career fairs, and so forth that that Penn State and Smeal were offering. And I was uh, fortunate enough to land a job February of my senior year. I was able to secure a job with IBM, which I started the the summer after graduation. And so I I was doing a corporate FP&A, which is what I ended up doing for. You know, the first 15 years of my career, a lot of my 
finance courses were more geared towards Wall Street and investments. And that was something I quickly realized that I didn't necessarily want to go in that direction. I struggled a little bit with deciding what I wanted to do if it wasn't Wall Street. And so when I interviewed with, with IBM, they were like, hey, you have a finance degree. Do you like problem solving? Yeah. Do you like business? Yeah. Are you good with numbers? Yep. Okay. You can do corporate financial planning and analysis. And it takes into account all of that. It's finance, it's understanding the numbers, it's problem solving, and it's understanding business. I'm like, oh, I can do all that and was able to jump into that world right after college, which was good because it, it, having the degree and the education and just having a good head on, my, head on my shoulders allowed me that opportunity, which kind of was the very early part of my career that was a good spot for me. It, it, it did well. And, and I was very happy that I was able to, to land that before graduating. And you were in Connecticut then? Yeah. So the IBM job was in Westchester County, New York, in Armonk. I lived just over the border in Stanford, Connecticut. So it was not too far away for the first couple uh, years out of school. And then I went on to different industries, again, all in, in corporate FP&A, financial planning analysis. I spent some time with IBM. Then I worked, I moved into New York City, I worked for a fragrance and cosmetics manufacturer called Cody, C-O-T-Y. And so I worked in the in that uh, package goods space, if you will, doing finance for another handful of years. And then I moved back to Philadelphia, we got married while we were living in New York, moved back to Philadelphia in 2010. And I was working in the pharmaceutical industry for a while. I worked for Teva Pharmaceuticals for about 10 years, also in finance. So that was a big chunk of that post-college career working in pharma. I spent a little bit of time doing finance in the travel industry right before the pandemic, which wasn't a good time to be in that industry. And then just recently, about a year ago, August of 2020, I made a small pivot into what they call commercial operations with GE Healthcare, which is what I'm doing currently. And so that's essentially, I'm supporting our sales organization in the medical device space. So they sell equipment into hospitals and physicians' offices, clinics. And so I'm still doing a little bit of finance and a little bit of touching upon other parts of the business, inventory, manufacturing, uh, supply chain, which is really cool. It's actually a nice change of pace for me after doing finance for a number of years. This is a, a nice pivot, if you will. So that's my CV, as they say, that's my <laughs> resume in a nutshell. It's, but it's been good work and I've enjoyed it and it's been interesting and I'm, I'm happy to have some big name companies on my resume. I've learned a lot. I've made a lot of great connections. Penn Staters along the way, every company I've worked for, there's been Penn Staters there who I've immediately connected with. And whether it was in New York or, or here in Philadelphia, there's Penn Staters obviously everywhere. And it's just been, we can't say enough about our network. So true there. Yeah. So, so now true. your turn, Jerry, go ahead, run us through. <laughs> Give us a couple minutes on your post PSU career. Yeah, it's been a journey. I go back to to Penn State. I said I was a Kines major. And I remember when I got into Penn State, I was like, oh, I think I want to be a doctor. And then I discovered I've always loved sports. I discovered there was something called kinesiology and there's, there's sports medicine. I had no clue. I don't know. I was just my mind was must have been closed or I never knew about other industries other than like engineering business and like medicine. But I landed in Kines. I ended up transferring into Kines. I think the spring of freshman year and started the athletic training courses. And I was really fascinated by it, but I also developed an interest into more of the business side of sports and sports management and how sports run, had a number of internships along the way. And I had an epiphany at one point and I was like, ah, athletic training's great. I have a ton of respect, but it's not for me. 
And luckily, through great advising at Penn State, it was like, all right, this will count for this. This will count for that. Here's how you can, quote unquote, create your own major in some ways, but still meet all the requirements. If you look at all the courses that I took, there was a lot of science courses. There were a lot of athletic training courses. And then there were a lot of business courses, too. So I knew, you know, the direction, I would say, when I graduated. And I really credit Penn State for allowing me to find and develop a passion. But I realized, okay, I'd like to get a little bit more of an education in the sports business field. Went down to University of Texas in Austin, hook them horns. But if you're going to ask, Saturdays are dedicated to Penn State first and foremost. And then if I've got time, I'll put on the Longhorns game. That's right. Was there for two years at UT, getting a degree. I was a full-time student at a teaching assistantship. And in between my first and second year, I applied for an internship at this agency called Capital Sports and Entertainment. And doesn't exist today, but they managed Lance Armstrong and Lance Armstrong cycling team and miraculously got the internship. I will say I didn't know anything about cycling other than Lance Armstrong and the Tour de France, but I just went in and was like, all right, I'm going to learn as much as I can, and I'm going to work as hard as I can. And let's see what happens. And luckily, I got a, a position there when I graduated full time and learned a lot about the sport of cycling. And it was really focused on marketing the team, working on our hospitality programs and managing our sponsors. So Nike and Discovery Channel and 24 Hour Fitness. And for me, I really took a liking to understanding or trying to figure out you've got a, a company that's spending money. How do you make them successful? How do you grow their business? How do you help meet their objectives through this investment that they're making? Mm -hmm. And that really developed my passion into sponsorships and partnerships. I ended up staying on with the team even after Lance retired. And I did three years in just under three years, actually in Madrid, Spain, and Lance came back on the bike during that time, which was an exciting period. For me, Spain was great personally and professionally. I, I saw things from a sports perspective around how do they consume sports? How do they view sports? And it's very different than what we're accustomed to in the U.S. I met some amazing people in, in Spain as well. So personally, it was a great journey early on in my career, early on in my life, I would say, to, to just learn and be out of your comfort zone in a lot of ways. And when I came back to the U.S., I eventually moved over to Los Angeles, took a position with Farmers Insurance on sponsorships, and then a B2B company in Philadelphia, which brought me even closer to you, and now living in New York City and doing something actually a little bit different. Once again, I always find myself in industries where I don't know a lot about, that's challenging, and that's really LabCorp, which is life sciences, diagnostics, clinical treatments, and looking at partnerships as a whole from really more of the, the consumer side of the business. It's been an, an exciting journey. I would have never probably, if you said, hey, where are you going to be even once you graduate? I probably, or would you ever move to Spain? I, I don't necessarily feel like I've got a a life plan. I think I have more of a commitment, hopefully to myself, to challenge myself and 
be in new areas where you can contribute to, to growth. Sorry, that was a pretty long winded. I felt. <laughs> so no, it's it's good. It's it you know it's a it's a great journey you've had. For those of you keeping track at home, Jared's worked in four different time zones. Yeah, Spain. East Coast, Central, West Coast, yeah, but no, and it's and it's interesting how like your your background, right? The, the what you graduated with from Penn State, and then how you applied your masters and everything kind of layers on top of it. How eventually along the way you found your niche in that sponsorships, which goes back to your appreciation and your passion for sports business. And so it's it's a great journey. Your journey, my journey. It's everybody's is unique. I, I think it's interesting to hear about it, whether you're us or you're some one of the great intriguing guests that, that we've spoken to it's still cool to hear where people have been how they've gotten there where they what their stops were along the way yeah it's interesting because you hear some people are like very laser pointed and they know exactly what they're going to do sure. or want to do sure. and then you have some that are just more on like well, this is a true journey and i don't yep. know where it goes next yeah let's see and hopefully we enjoy it and I'm probably a little bit more on that latter side, yeah. which is and cool. Hey, I, I give those people a shout out too. There was a point in, in my life earlier in my career when I was jealous, so to speak, of people that knew that they wanted to be teacher, lawyer, doctor. We'll put those together, right? You're a teacher, lawyer, doctor. You want to be that from school. You get your undergrad degree. You go through your post-grad, uh, whatever, education, and you, were, and you are on a path. And if you stick with it, that's what you're doing for – potentially your whole career and good for them. That's a passion. And there's a lot of people that do that. And some people it's a little more A to B and some people it's a zigzag. Hey, as long as people wake up every day and they're excited and yeah. feel like they're contributing and growing individually, then I think that's great. And that's sure. one of the things that our guests, I think have all shared just the passion that they have, the passion and the commitment they have for what they do every day. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. So Jared, so we, we talked about our paths, our professional paths, again, kind of building on the theme of the, the lion's den questions that we ask our guests. How do you feel connected to the university these days? Yeah, I think this has been a big part of it, right? Outside of our friend network, I think this yeah. has been great to, to just connect with these random Penn Staters again. And that was one of the things that we missed. And just the opportunity to connect with new people that kind of went away during the pandemic. Your circle was your circle. Sure. And this has been a great way to stay connected to Penn State and connect with new people through the, the podcast. I also am the alumni advisor of the Penn State Sports Business Club. Really love getting to, to know the students and help them out in any way possible, whether it be through internship connections, whether it be through bringing in speakers. I'm just always amazed. Like these are extremely talented students. I'm not surprised by any means because they are Penn Staters, but it, it's great to connect and feel like you're paying it forward. And I've really enjoyed that. Yeah, for sure. I guess that was a little bit of a softball question, but I'll, I'll build upon that. I think that this doing the podcast and meeting all the people that we've spoken with is just very eye-opening. We have the utmost respect for everybody we've spoken with and their paths. And it's just cool. I know we like it. Maybe it sounds a little cheesy how we gush about all of our guests, but like, it's, I think it's it, not, I think it is genuine. We're like sponges. We absorb their stories and it's just, it's really cool to hear it. And I say that with the, with a hundred percent honesty, um, not just saying it to, you know, make everybody sound good or look good. It's just, it's true. But yeah, I guess I felt a little bit, 
I don't want to say disconnected, but I felt I that I, I hadn't done as much as I could to remain connected to the university up until you know that point. I was involved in some local alumni association chapter events here and there over the years, alumni interest groups, again, with just keeping tabs on like the line ambassadors and so forth over the years. But it wasn't anything, you know, anything to write home about. I didn't make as much effort as I could have. And so I think this has been really a nice way to, to get back in touch with not just the alums, but making some of those connections with those students who listen. Yeah, I think it's great that there's just so many ways to connect if you want to with the university. It doesn't have to be the same way. It doesn't have to be only financially. I'm, I'm sure they would love it if, if oh, everyone sure. gave, but it could be the Lion Link where you can get on and it's kind of like the LinkedIn of Penn State and it's students connecting with alumni. It could be reaching out to someone after you read the Penn Stater magazine and helping them out or offering to help them out. Yeah, why not? We all love this school. Why don't we find a way to continue to give back or or pay it forward for the future? Absolutely. One of the things I'd love for you to share is you've got two kids and hopefully future Nittany Lions as well. Yeah, hopefully. We've taken the kids up to Penn State a couple of times pre-pandemic. They enjoyed it. I think they might not remember because some of those trips were when they were really little. It's certainly on the list of places to get back to. And it's a fine balance, as I'm sure any listeners out there with children know, that you want to instill that Penn State allegiance to them, but you don't want to overdo it to the point where, you know, your rebellious teenager says, oh, I'm going to not go to Penn State despite mom and dad. And so I don't want to get to that end of the end of the scale. As far as it goes now, my, my kids, they know Penn State. They know that we are Penn State. They know we watch the football games and the and then they, they, they recognize the any line, all that stuff. It's as far as colleges go, it's like they associate college with Penn State. It's not like the other ones. They, if I showed them some other mascots or other games, they'd be like, who's this? I don't know what this is, which I, I guess is good in that regard. Keep it narrow and, and to the point, at least while they're young. But yeah, no, I hope they go to that they go to Penn State. I hope they have that love for the university like we do and want to get gain their own experiences. But I think it's and again, I'm still many years um, away from this, but I think when it gets to the point, it's more I'll shift and put on put on the right parent hat and explain to them, look, from an educational perspective, you can go and choose whatever you want and, and all of the kind of instill in them the, the hopefully fair assessment of, of what the university offers them. And look, hey, if it comes down to it and they aren't digging the university, they really want, let's say, a, an urban setting or they really want a smaller setting and... I, I don't want to force them to go to Penn State and then them hate it. That would be that would be uh, counterintuitive. Hopefully, it, it works out that they they have that passion to go there like we did, but they have to make that decision on their own. Yeah, that's. Uh, I think that's a great parent speaking. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, I just I had to flash forward like many years. I, I got to pump the brakes. Let let time slow down. What do we? Evan would be. Evan's going to graduate high school in twenty at twenty thirty one. 2031. Wow. Okay. Slow yeah. down time. Yeah. It'll be here before you know, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's a crazy thing. That's a crazy thing. Well, this has been great. I actually, I knew a lot of what you said, but it's for the benefit of the listeners. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I, I want to thank you because I've really enjoyed, we've always been close friends and we always will remain close friends, but it's been really nice to now speak to you on a weekly basis and get this time with you around our guests too. So we have this ritual now, especially with 
busy lives going on with your kids. And it's nice that we, we get to spend this, you know, hour or so every week together and, and bring on a new guest, which is extremely exciting. Yeah. And like I said, when I called you off, I was like, I don't think I would have done this without you because I was like, man, Ross is going to be the perfect person <laughs> to, to co-host this with. So I'm glad you took me up on that offer. Well, I'm glad you came up with the idea. And if you'll remember, I actually, I actually passed on it. I was like, no, I don't have enough time, which, you know, and then you're like, don't worry about it. We'll make it work. And, and I'm glad I said yes, because it's been a lot of fun and it's been a nice little project. And we, we're still going. I know we're just we're, we're looking back on hindsight in the first twenty, you know, some odd episodes. We still have a lot to do. I'm looking forward to the next twenty five episodes and beyond. Maybe yep. we'll do another check in at number fifty. Would be our our gold anniversary, right? Yep. yep. This is a good time to plug. Hey, we're always looking. We said it before, and we say it in the in the emails and so forth. We're always looking for great guests. And if you have friends, family, people in your network that you think would be, that would tell a great story, right? Jared, uh, it's worth re reiterating for the audience. Anybody that has a great story that's a Penn Stater, we want to talk to. You, you don't have to be CEO of a company. You don't have to be an entrepreneur that started your own company. But you could be a recent grad. You could be somebody that's been around for a while. It, it doesn't matter. We are looking for that diversity in all aspects of the term. And if you know somebody, we just want good stories. That's some of our favorite episodes have been the ones where the guests have a tell a bunch of great stories. We love to hear the journey, right? We love to hear the verbal resume. We love to hear what they've done in their work. And that's all cool stuff and it's eye-opening. But the best part is, the, is those little anecdotes along the way of what they've learned and what they've experienced. So again, it's if you have ideas for people that have cool stories, we'd love to hear it. We'd love to speak with them. We're always scheduling a few out in advance and getting people on the calendar. So send those to Roar at Lion Legacy Podcast. Podcast.com. Thank you. It's been a while since we've plugged it. Roar, R O A R, at Lion Legacy Podcast.com. Drop us a line. And we'd love to, to reach out to people. And uh, yeah, that's how we got Elizabeth Miller. 100%. She re actually reached out. She was yes. like, My husband was listening. Yeah. Who's actually not a Penn Stater. He was listening to Bridget Lazda's episode. Because Look at he's that. In the, in the beverage industry. Yeah. And she's in the beverage industry, yep. and he's like, you should reach out to them. She did. Yeah. So there you go. Elizabeth Miller, episode 24. 24. Yeah. 24. So there you go. Look at that. It's just all, it's networking on a micro level. So yes, if you're a listener to, of, of our show, and we appreciate everybody that that listens to our, our stories and our effort here to, to make a reputable publication and podcast. We appreciate you. And, and certainly, um, you probably know a Penn Stater that has a good story. Let us know. Couldn't have said it any better, my friend. Yeah. And we always end with, we are. We are. Penn State. Lion Legacy is a Baruta production. If you enjoy this Labor of Love podcast, we'd certainly appreciate it if you would subscribe and write us a review on your favorite podcast platform.